to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Salad with two L's, Dallasville backwards. Guys, this last week was the Senior Bowl, and it was a fun one. Um, Just a little bit about the episode. I'm going to go ahead and recap everything I was talking about last week, the different matchup showdowns that I was anticipating and excited to see. Had quite a bit of successes, a couple of oh-no moments, and a couple of interesting thoughts afterwards. I had some people I didn't really think would be on my radar going into the week impress me coming out of it. I had a couple of very questionable decisions, i.e. opt-outs when it came to game time and some injuries that kind of hampered our ability to see some of the players. Um, This one will be a little bit of a quick hitter as opposed to last week's hour-long episode. It's probably going to be about half an hour, Um, so we will go ahead and dive right in. As a reminder, um, my initial just general predictions for this was that the national team was going to go ahead and get the crap out of the American team, and it's pretty much what we ended up seeing. Um, overall, the national team won by about 15 points. Um, they were extremely impressive on offense, albeit outside of Carson Strong, who did absolutely nothing to help his draft stock this week, both in the performance of erratic throws that we saw during the actual practice week as well as the game where he just looked atrocious his deep ball was bad he had no feel for the pocket was sacked repeatedly Um, it was very concerning for a guy like Carson Strong who I didn't really talk about a lot in my preview last week but um, I'm concerned about his draft stock and I don't think it's going to be very good so he's going to be one of the quarterbacks I'm avoiding even later when it comes into those fantasy seasoned drafts. Um, But diving right into the national team, let's look at our first uh, competitive competition between two players, and that's Desmond Ritter versus Kenny Pickett. Um, Arguably the two most successful quarterbacks that we really saw in this game, and it's not that big of a surprise. We anticipated the national team being quite a bit better than the American team. But for me, I had predicted that Ritter was going to have some offensive continuity, and that would be why he succeeded. Um, It was a success in my eyes due to the fact that Ritter, without a doubt, was the most impressive quarterback that we saw. But what was even more impressive for me is the fact that he did it without his two offensive pieces that he was used to working with and Alec Pierce and with Jerome Ford. Neither one of them saw any action whatsoever in the Senior Bowl on Saturday. Uh, He improved his stock the most overall, and his overall confidence feeling in the community going into his pro day in my eyes. He looked athletic, which is what we wanted to see. We had seen it in spurts across his career, but never really on full display. And we got to see a lot of it during the week. He was able to scramble. His rollouts and his uh, bailouts out of the pocket were impressive. He scored two touchdowns in the game. And most importantly, his accuracy shown through all game and during the practice, according to the reports, which corroborated that story. He didn't do anything flashy all week, but his accuracy was the main concern that a lot of people had to see. The um, Just kind of the inconsistency was what we were concerned about, and he didn't show that at all during the week, according to reports. He was a great locker room presence, which is what we expected, and he ended up performing amazingly in the show. 
Pickett was a little bit up and down all week, according to reports. Um, box score hunters will say he had the most successful week of all the quarterbacks, just looking at what he did, going 6 or 6 and 80 yards with a touchdown. Um, but a lot of his yardage and his touchdown came on RB options and screens. Um, he was inaccurate a lot of the week, according to reports. The game was something different, but um, on his misses, they were some pretty big misses this week, according to that. His hand size will continue to be a real problem for him, and a team will have to fall in love, really, with his production over his career during draft time to reach on him a la Baker Mayfield, especially if it's a team that plays outside like the team in Pittsburgh that we anticipate would be a good fit for him. Going on to the second position was the running back competition, and that was Rashad White versus Jerome Ford. Um, it's a verdict of an N.A. doesn't really reach in because Jerome Ford actually didn't play in the game. Uh, Rashad White was my assumptive winner basically coming out of the game because I thought that due to the limited time to learn the playbook and went that one paired with his quick reaction and shifty ability to turn on a dime, with that offensive line that we were going to see with the national team, he would look the best, and that's exactly what happened. Um, he looked like the best running back on the field, regardless of the teams in Mobile during the game on Saturday. Uh, he was quiet in reports during the week. He wasn't really standing out as opposed to the other running backs, just because you're able to see those flashy plays, those faster players on a regular basis in their performance. Um, shown a little bit better in one-on-one -on -one drills than a guy like Rashad White, but his game that he played... We got to basically see an exemplification of his vision and his change of direction. It looked elite. His top-end speed is still a question for me and a concern, but a playing style like his can be viable behind a good offensive line or in a team that relies on him to run the ball repeatedly. He reminds me of a guy like Miles Gaskin who doesn't wow you with any of his physical traits, but he's very shifty in tight spaces, and if you feed him the ball enough, he can be pretty successful. Ford, on the other hand, he picked up an injury and ended up missing the Senior Bowl game on Saturday, but... He was marketed as the most impressive player for the offensive team of the national team in practice all week in general, which is better than the quarterbacks, better than the wide receivers. He impressed pretty much everyone that saw him, and it's that gang buster speed that we we're anticipated. I'm excited to see his pro day numbers and the combine numbers that we're going to get from him. I think if he runs that 4-3-40 or a low 4-4-40, it's something that's really going to open some eyes and say, wow, we can use him in an exciting way. Going into the tight end position for the national team, this is my second biggest miss, I would say. Uh, one of only two, honestly. Uh, and this was Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State versus Trey McBride. Trey McBride pretty much looked all the part of his hype this week. Uh, he was wowing with his route running and his sure-handedness all week. His blocking, although he wasn't asked to do it a lot, was average, and he was a favorite target of Desmond Ritter all week and during the game. Uh, honestly, Charlie Kohler hurt his stock this week the most out of almost anyone. Um, camp reports and game ineptitude showed that he was behind the eight ball on all fronts. Blocking, play recognition, his ability to pick up the scheme as compared to the guys that were in the class with him, a guy like Isaiah Likely, a guy like Mick, um, Trey McBride, a guy like Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Um, the one player at this position that surprised me the most that I didn't anticipate a huge game from that increased his draft stock and his monetary income going forward is Mr. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Um, classic Badgers giving us a big boy who likes to catch the ball and bruise people over. His blocking was outstanding all week, and what impressed the most is that he was everyone's favorite target when it came to the game on Saturday. So it's something you should look forward to, especially if he ends up 
landing on a depth chart come draft time with a team that has a void at the tight end position. Um, going into the wide end uh, wide receiver position for the national team, I had Alec Pierce versus Khalil Shakir. Uh, this is a wash. Pierce was the talk of the town all week during practice, but it didn't translate to the field on Saturday as neither Pierce nor Shakir saw pretty much anything. They didn't record a reception, a target of any kind, so it's kind of hard to evaluate their play. But Pierce did show that route running chops that a lot of people didn't think he had. It impressed and turned a lot of heads this week, according to reports. And so it's very impressive. I'm excited to see where he lands as a big body guy that can move. Another big body guy that can move that did wow people during the game and during practice was Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. His draft stock is the highest riser to come out of Saturday night out of any player based off of what he was able to do in drawing a couple of PIs and actually getting a very deep, very impressive reception down the field. Uh, the last one on the national team was Daniel Falele out of Minnesota versus Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Um, they were basically lauded as the two biggest and strongest offensive linemen. We anticipated them to do good, and my verdict is a success. I had Zion Johnson winning this matchup just because of his strength inside allowing the run game to be dominant for the national game is what I anticipated was going to happen. That's exactly what we saw. It was a success on all front for both of them. I'm impressed with both of them both with their size and their consistency. But when it came to the one-on-ones and the game win tallies for Zion, he was pretty much untouchable this week. According to all the people out there, he only lost one power rush all week, and it was in the game. But it was against the Oklahoma Sooner, who ended up winning MVP. Uh, There was no true loser between the two, but Zion is going to help a team very early on at the offensive line guard position at the next level in the NFL. And if he gets added to a depth chart, I'm excited for the running back. That is on that depth chart. Moving on quickly to the American side, we had the matchup of the quarterbacks between Malik Willis and Bailey Zappi. I had Willis winning due to his athleticism and hopefully a reeled-in game script that would help you see a little bit more. Um, I would call it a success, but I don't feel great about it. We got to see the athleticism and arm strength that wowed people this week, but I'm chalking it up to a double-counting situation that we can get a lot of times when it comes to combine numbers more than anything that really impressed me. His accuracy was a concern coming into the week, and we didn't really get anything that alleviated that for us when it came to the game time. A lot of what we saw was pretty much what I anticipated happening, which is unfortunate for him. And when you look at Bailey Zappi, um, he was one of the least impressive quarterbacks actually on the week. We had concerns a lot about his deep ball and his ability to actually work outside of the system that he was in. And that's pretty much what we saw. He couldn't hit anyone past five yards, which was very concerning. And when it came to his deep ball, it looked like it was just, you know, a lollipop, basically working his way out there, which isn't what we wanted to see. Um, I'm kind of disappointed by both of the quarterbacks because this was a situation where either one of them could have increased their draft stock quite a bit, but that's not what we saw. And so it's just kind of a status quo with both of these guys coming out of the Senior Bowl week. Going into the running back position on the American side, we have Brian Robinson versus James Cook. This is once again one where, I don't know, guys, um, Cook was an injury snub this week, didn't get to see him at all in Mobile, and Robinson was a favorite, actually. It's something that was extremely advantageous that we saw. We were hoping to see him in pass protection and see a limited receiving work that he saw in college be increased this week to show Basically, all these training staffs, all of these teams that are looking for the running backs in the NFL, that he can be a successful receiver. And that's what we saw. But he did lack 
a definite pop on his runs in the game. Um, and albeit the American offensive line was absolute trash. They were getting blown up pretty much all day. Um, but there was no real movement for either of these running backs coming out of this week. I think that Cook's hype is going to continue to drive his stock up unnecessarily, though. So just when you're looking at these two guys, if James Cook starts creeping up above Brian Robinson, I'm telling you right now, you need to be buying all those shares of Brian Robinson, letting him fall to you, not reaching on a guy like James Cook just because of all this, oh, what he could be as opposed to the production that we should have seen at his four years at Georgia. Going into the wide receiver position for the American team, we are looking at Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama versus Dontario Drummond out of Ole Miss. Going into the week, I anticipated Tolbert to win with his size and quick twitch on full display, but beware of the small school hype guy this time around because I am concerned about his overall motor and his just the desire to play. It was a success, guys. Um, Tolbert impressed all week, impressed in his one-on-ones. His hustle in and out of drills apparently was extremely impressive, and that was my biggest concern. Um, Everyone on the American team at the quarterback position basically was trying to target Jalen Tolbert this week, um, both in the game and when it came to the practice reps. Um, The American offense wasn't sexy, but he was targeted seven times on Saturday. He only caught two of them, but a lot of those were not catchable. Um, Albeit, see my comments about, uh, I don't know, two minutes ago about Malik Willis and uh, Bailey Zappi's struggles during the game. Drummond apparently looked terrible all week in practice. I couldn't find pretty much any reps of him in practice this week at the Senior Bowl. He had a couple of air catches, basically, that were on film. But other than that, according uh, to a lot of reports, he had quite a few drops this week. He lacked physicality as a blocker on the outside, and he didn't see any targets during the game on Saturday. So I saw the hustle that I was wanting to see from Jalen Tolbert. It solidified his place for me from a physical hard slot in the realm. I, I'm, he's not Juju. I'm not calling him Juju, but he has the same play style as a guy like Juju. So he's solidifying himself as that tier three wide receiver that could be a steal later on in drafts for a lot of people. Going on to the IDP side and the last two comparisons that I have between the players that we talked about, we had Damone Clark out of LSU versus Jojo Doman. This was my big miss, big, big, big miss of the week, guys. I talked Jojo up a lot. I really wanted to see him against some better competition, a direct comparison to some of the best linebackers that we were going to get in this class of deep linebackers, and he was bad. Um, He was impressing during the week with his recognition and his blitz ability, albeit they weren't blitzing, but his edge rushing ability when they basically forced him to be an edge rusher in some drills. But during the game, he was getting blown off the ball all day by linebackers. Uh, Not linebackers, by linemen, offensive linemen. His size concerns being only basically 230, 235, dripping wet right now. And his lack of top-end speed are going to make his draft stock fall. Uh, it's just inevitable. Um, when you compare him to a guy like Damone Clark, uh, Damone Clark may be the biggest winner from this week with all the buzz around his playbook recognition that he was getting all week by a lot of the coaching staffs. And then that one paired with his absolutely otherworld athleticism that we had touched on last week and the fact that he recorded two sacks as a stand-up linebacker during the game. He's going to shoot up boards and should be remembered come IDP draft time for those of you looking for a linebacker on the cheap. Realistically, that won't get drafted probably until the end of, end of the second round, beginning of the third round on a team. 
He has the makings of a guy who will be a high tackle motor guy with upside as a pass rusher for IDP teams. Going on to the last positional comparison, we are looking at Roger McCree out of Auburn and Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Um, as I said, they're two of the best and least talked about cornerbacks in the draft. McCreary could be CB1, depending on his combine and mobile performance. And then you look at a guy like Woolen, he might be the most dominant physical cornerback in the class being 6'4". He actually weighed in at 211, which is insane for a guy that big, that fast, who's probably going to run in the 4'4s. Verdict, it's a wash. I had it as McCreary basically winning with his quick recognition skills of base concepts this week and his tackle total. And that's what we saw. But I'm not even remotely remotely upset with what I saw from a guy like Tariq Woolen. Uh, when you look at both players, the camp week, they basically sit at a blaze with their physicality and their athleticism. McCreary looked a lot faster than when he looked on tape, but his size was a concern during the game. That's the reason that I don't have this as a full successful, basically win for myself. And assuming that McCreary was going to win is that his size against the big play and the big boy wide receivers is something that you're going to be a little bit concerned about. He had smaller hands, and although his athleticism is up there, he's only about 5'10". So when he was going up against Christian Woolen, he gave up a huge play down the sideline because he just could not get up and block them. And then when you had a more physical guy like Jalen Tolbert on the outside, he had a atrocious pass interference that he pulled on him, basically just running him over on the sideline that gave them a spot foul of a PI. Um, so when you're looking at Woolen, he didn't really have that. Uh, <laughs> Woolen was quiet all game, but it's not a knock on him. It's because he was only targeted once in coverage and he didn't allow a reception on that target. Um, his size is amazing with his performance this week and the camp reports. I expect him to be an early draft pick come April. I'm not expecting a first round pick, obviously, but he's going to be a guy whose athleticism is going to be so enticing to a lot of guys. I just hope he doesn't end up like a guy like Obi Melon Fuanwu did with the Detroit Lions and the Patriots, where it's a huge guy a freak athlete but he's too raw to actually play the position going into finish my quick hitters my win prediction of the national team was a hit the mvp prediction was atrocious i picked alex pierce who actually did not even get a freaking target during the game i uh, didn't play at all but eh, it was rough um the player with the most to gain that i do want to talk about actually though is mr sam howell out of unc um, I am not super high on Sam Howell. We've talked about it, and I was concerned that he was becoming more of a athlete than an actual quarterback this year. Um, he looked average. He looked good. Uh, the thing that stood out the most was still just that athleticism. Um, I said it before that the American offensive line pretty much was imploding all day, and so Sam Howell didn't take the sacks that a lot of the other quarterbacks did. Both him and Malik Willis showed elite athleticism at scrambling out of the pocket and getting out, um, albeit some of his throws were pretty crappy. He put two in the dirt. Those were both of his completions where his wide receiver and his tight end in the situations were open, and he just couldn't hit them. So his quarterback accuracy is still something that's a little bit concerning to me on those intermediate routes. They should be crisper for a guy who really doesn't air out the ball as much as he did in the past with some of the weapons. But he did increase his stock, I guarantee it. Everyone saw his athleticism. Um, he had an average day, didn't turn the ball over or anything like that outside of one fumble that really wasn't his fault. I'll even give it to him, even though I think most fumbles as the quarterback are your fault. Um, 
So I'm impressed with what I saw with Sam Howell. Um, his accuracy was a concern all week, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I think he has upside as a quarterback, but again, I'm not in love with him, and he didn't really rise up my draft board or my draft rankings at quarterbacks. Pretty much everything I had ranking-wise is static quo coming out of this week, which is good. I feel good about that. Um, like I said, I told you guys earlier in the week, last uh, time when I was going into the Senior Bowl, that I wasn't going to make any you know, just drastic changes. I wasn't going to overreact or mislead you guys based off of one week of practices. And I'm glad I don't feel any differently than I did before the week. Uh, the player with the most to lose for me lost quite a bit in my eyes. Um, realistically, he could still go as the first linebacker, but Devin Lloyd just decided not to do anything, um, which I thought was surprising with all the camp reports that we got after the first day of practice, but it wasn't an injury designation. He basically just bowed out after the first day for some reason at the linebacker position, and it was weird. Um, he doesn't have the draft stock that a guy like Micah Parsons had. He doesn't have the draft stock like a guy like I don't know, uh, in previous years, Najee Harris had last year where you could just come in, say hi, and then bounce. He's not that type of player, so I'm interested to see what happened. I think he kind of hurt himself, and yeah, I don't think it's going to be great. Um, the other prediction I made was the non-chalk take that wouldn't surprise me is that JoJo Doman wins the MVP. That was laughable. Um like I said, he just got bullied all game, guys. Uh, so that was a bad pick by me. Uh, the chalk take that will flop in our faces that I anticipated is that James Cook showcases a full-fledged three-down skill set and dominates for the American team. So I guess I'll take that as a success. I don't really know. Um, he just basically didn't do anything all week. Um, so we didn't really get to see him which is kind of a shame. Um, overall, the players that surprised me or that I'm going to be taking more of a deep dive into is definitely Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Um, I didn't know a lot about him. I watched like a couple of highlight reels on him. I was like, yeah, okay, he's a big guy, but he's a small school guy. So seeing him perform how he did against the leader, more elite competition this week is something that I liked. And then Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. I'll be looking at quite a few more of his games just to see what happened. Um, he was tight end six for me in my tight end rankings. Uh, I guess that would make it about a month ago uh, when I dropped all of those. But uh, I am excited to see him. And then I'm going to be looking into um, Damon Pierce out of Florida at the running back position just to see. Um, I understand he's a plotter. He's a physical guy. And you don't want to see him out in the open field. Um, that kind of reminds me of a guy like DJ Dallas, who still has a lot of upside. So I'm going to look a little bit more into Damon Pierce's upside as a pass catcher and his ability to help out a team in a specific role in the committee, basically world that we're living in right now. That's it from the overall, um, the overall analysis that I have on the senior bowl. So I'll dive a little bit into the takes that I had for the East West shrine bowl. Um, for those ones, pretty much, uh, all of the players that I anticipated, um, performing well, or that I was interested in seeing didn't really do what I was hoping they would do. Um, pretty much all of them underperformed when it came to their statistical, um, you know, statistical performances. Uh, I was impressed with Jack Cohn. He continues to pop up for me. He was the quarterback for the West Shrine game. And if you guys remember, uh, a while back when I was doing the bowl game analysis, he was the most impressive player of any of the bowl games for me. He threw five touchdowns in a Power 5 matchup between Notre Dame and another team. He has... 
he's got something going on. He finished the game 10 for 13 for 91 yards and a touchdown through the air with another 20 yards on the ground. He looked extremely efficient and extremely good at driving the offense, which is pretty much all you can ask from a quarterback being thrown into the little situation. Uh, we actually didn't end up seeing anything from De'Eric King. He didn't play in the game. Uh, we didn't see anything from Calvin Turner. He didn't play in the game. Charleston Rambos for the East saw two targets, two receptions for about 20 yards. Um, he didn't get used all that much. And then Brock Purdy was mediocre. Keontae Ingram did not play in the game. And Emeka Amezi, once again, being on that West team, which did end up winning the game, only saw one target in the first quarter. He caught the target, and that was it. He didn't do pretty much anything else with it. It was just a 14-yard reception. Um, the players I'll be looking into, Josh Johnson on the East team was pretty impressive overall. He He's looking pretty good. He's a Tulsa Golden Hurricane. He's a wide receiver. He's about 5'11", 170, so on the smaller side, kind of that uh, wiry frame that we've come to see with guys like Devonta Smith and Darnell Mooney. But he had a very productive season, 83 receptions for Tulsa, basically a little under 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. Um, he is used in the run game, but at the end of the East-West Shrine game, he ended up totaling four receptions for 98 yards. He was seen, uh, let's see, was at seven targets on the day. So he ended up having a pretty good day himself. Um, the West quarterback's kind of performed better just when you end up looking at it Brock Purdy looked pretty terrible he <laughs> ended the day at 2.4 yards per attempt uh, which is just trash at the quarterback position but my boy Skylar Thompson out of K-State looked decent I still don't think he's gonna make a roster anywhere but uh keep your eyes out my biggest take from the East West Shrine game is keep your eyes out for Josh Johnson um, specifically as a late round wide receiver if he gets anything in that mid-tier range and then keep your eyes out on Jack Cohn if he falls into a team that is looking for a backup with potentially a quarterback that likes to run or even on a team that uh, is just a little uneasy at the quarterback position that's someone that I am going to be interested in but that was the quick hitter guys my analysis on pretty much 20 players from the senior bowl in about 30 minutes here and then a couple of fun nugs about the east west shrine game overall i think that there was a lot of talent like i said about this senior bowl game i thought we got to hear a lot of the camp reports about how they were doing in practice which was helpful it's always added information because you can never have too much information on these prospects and i'm overall glad that Nothing happened this week that rocked my world to either swing me in a positive or a negative fashion about any of the players. I just was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we saw that. Um, it was said a couple of times by a couple of different media members this week, but I think the quarterback that helped himself the most this week was actually Matt Corral, um, just due to the fact that none of the quarterbacks really stood out in the game or in the overall um week of practice they pretty much did what they were supposed to but I was very impressed with Desmond Ritter I'm very happy with what I saw from him and he is still firmly my QB2 in the class um, but that'll be it for this week guys as always this has been the rookie round down a fun little conversation on these rookie prospects and going forward we're going to be hitting some of my favorites from the power five the non-power five and the group five so get ready for some fun prospect talks as we warm up for the combine that is coming in about two and a half weeks. Um, I'm signing off. Until next week, this has been the Rookie Roundup. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.
game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.